sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friends. Is America in a covenant with God, a covenant that we have broken? There's a whole movement that is teaching Christians this very thing. And in early January, there was a weekend rally, one of a whole series called The Renewal. In an earlier version of this series, General Michael Flynn is quoted in as part of the Reawaken America tour as having said, if we're going to have one nation under God, which we must, we have to have one religion, one nation under God and one religion under God. And of course, we know which religion that is. The effort here to recovenant America back to the everlasting covenant, I'm reading now from their press release. The renewal will recovenant America back to the everlasting covenant our pilgrim forefathers made with God in the Mayflower Compact. They dedicated America to God and the advancements of the Christian faith. Well, is that true? Did they really dedicate America and Americans to God? Did they even have the authority to do that? And I have to ask, who did they include in this covenant? You see, Christian nationalism has been under attack as essentially a movement of by and for white folks, right? And it's increasingly made the church appear to be a threat to democracy. Well, this is not good for the witness of the church. It to make for people that the church is trying to reach with the gospel, now seeing the church as a threat. This is not good. And it's all because, you know, this whole concept of America in covenant with God, part of what of that package is that Christians should be running the country and making the laws and binding the conscience of others. But I have to ask, who did the pilgrims bind in covenant with God? Did they include Native Americans? Was that part of the plan? Or what about the African-Americans who had already started to be imported as slaves? Chinese immigrants who gave their lives building the railroads? Or the Japanese that we were quite eager to, to put into internment camps during World War II? Or Jews? Was this a covenant that included Jews? And at the time, I would say it didn't include Catholics. It were very uh, Protestant Americans were very anti-Catholic. Or what about uh, Latin American immigrants, Mexican immigrants? You see, the notion that the pilgrims somehow had the authority to bind the nation, which wasn't even a nation at that time, to bind the nation in covenant with God is absurd. What the renewal states is, and it starts out its press release saying, throughout history, only two nations have been tied together by covenants with God. This is heresy, folks. It is absolute flagrant heresy, the notion that God has a covenant with America because of what the pilgrims said or what was said on the Mayflower by a very small group of people more than a century before the Constitution. Now, 
Our founding fathers certainly had no concept of being in covenant with God. And in fact, the Constitution, even before the Bill of Rights and the First Amendment, the Constitution makes it clear there is no religious test for public office, that everyone is uh, enjoys religious freedom, and no one's excluded from office because of their religion. So the idea that Christians should somehow have a favored place in this nation because America is in covenant with God, this is an idea that was absolutely foreign to those who wrote the Constitution. Now, Virginia, which was a place that had been just on fire with the First Great Awakening during the 1700s, Virginia approved the Virginia Statute of Religious Freedom, written by Thomas Jefferson, and approved it in the 1780s at the same time that the Constitution was being drafted and adopted. And I think this is a much better expression of the thinking of our founding fathers. And I'm going to read a little bit to you. Whereas Almighty God hath created the mind free, that all attempts to influence it by temporal punishments or burdens or by civil incapacitations tend only to beget habits of hypocrisy and meanness. What does it mean, temporal punishments or burdens or civil incapacitations? In other words, laws. Any attempts to restrict the freedom of worship by law makes hip hypocrites. So if you if you have to attend church on Sunday because it's the law and you're going to get fined if you don't go and you go because it's the law, then that makes you a hypocrite. And it goes on to say that such laws, such temporal punishments, are a departure from the plan of the holy author of our religion, referring to Jesus there, who being Lord both of body and mind, yet chose not to propagate it, that is to say, propagate religion, by coercions on either, on either what? On either body or mind, as was in his almighty power to do. So God could force us to believe, God could force us to worship, but he does not do that, right? And this is the gospel, that Christ died rather than force us to worship or to behave, right? To do what is right. And it goes on to say that the impious presumption of legislators and rulers, civil as well as ecclesiastical, who being themselves but fallible and uninspired men, have assumed dominion over the faith of others, setting up their own opinions and modes of thinking as the only true and infallible. And this is exactly what we're seeing in the church today, that legislators and rulers, civil as well as church uh, leaders, ecclesiastical, who are Obviously, human, fallible, uninspired men, they have assumed dominion, not only over the faith of others, not only setting up their own opinions and modes of thinking as the only true and infallible in religion, but in law and in politics and government as well. And according to the Virginia statute, it says, such endeavoring to impose them on others have established and maintained false religions over the greatest part of the world and through all time. And it goes on from there to protect religious freedom. Our nation is multicultural. There are many people of many different nations, many different cultures, many different religions. And folks, we're going to have to deal with that. And the gospel is going to have to deal with that. But right now, the gospel is being harmed by Christians asserting political power and making uh, the church and the gospel a threat. You know, 
Americans love to identify themselves as Christians, but we don't have much room for the teachings of Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the peacemakers. Christ is not calling us to rule. This is what the apostles got wrong. This is what his disciples got wrong. They wanted to sit at the right and the left hand of authority. And in fact, you go back to Acts chapter 1, just as Jesus is about to ascend to heaven, they're asking the same question. Lord, is it at this time that you restore the kingdom to Israel? What is it that they really want? They want to sit at the right and the left hand. They think that, you know, Messiah, son of David, is going to come and rule all nations with a rod of iron. And they're ready for it. And I think uh, they're ready for Jesus to rule with a rod of iron. And Jesus says, nope, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons. That's in the Father's hands. That's under his authority. You receive something else. You receive dunamis, the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses. We don't need political power, friends. This whole movement that somehow you know, we renew America politically, not just spiritual, but blending God and country, faith and patriotism in a, a power play for power. This is heresy, and it is a grave disservice to the Christian faith. The idea that recovenanting and reconciliation will restore America as a Christian nation is to seek something that God has never intended for America. We have Christian principle enshrined in our Constitution, principles of freedom for all, of free speech, of freedom of assembly, of freedom of worship and freedom of religion, and the separation of church and state. Yes, friends, there's no national church, and religion has always been independent of government. We've always been voluntary and self-sustaining. And these are Christian principles. They were brought to us as a result of the revivals of the 1700s, of the first and then the Second Great Awakening, but especially in the First Great Awakening, principles of voluntarism and religion took hold in the American character. And that's what led to the First Amendment. And it was very much a Baptist idea, but also shared by others. The Baptists were foremost in rejecting taxation to support religion. They refused to be taxed even to support their own church. These principles that religion be free go back to the core and the founding of our country. And what we see today is, is the church is actually becoming a threat, not only to democracy, but to religious freedom. The Christian nationalist movement generally is very hostile to religious diversity, very hostile to Islam, hostile to immigrants. You know, Christ is not hostile to anybody. And there's a distinction between our national interests and the interests of, of the kingdom of heaven. And we have to maintain that distinction. We can be patriotic Americans who love our country and not mingle church and state and not insist that the government somehow prefer our form of religion. As a historical matter, religion has thrived, especially in adversity. 
And when you have countries, I mean, just look at Europe. The European countries have all had established religions, Western Europe in particular. They've all funded religion. And guess what? Christianity has died on the vine. If we don't commit voluntarily to support it, if we're not independent of the state and we start becoming dependent, it's like, you know, welfare. Churches on welfare, it saps our vitality. It just won't fly, brothers. It just won't fly. So I hope to make a dent in this false narrative that somehow uh, a few pilgrims on the Mayflower made a covenant that bound the country, which wasn't even a country then. It's part of England. And uh, that bound a country to be, and people who weren't even here, people groups that weren't even here. This is just wrong, and it's dangerous, both for America, but especially for the gospel. America is not in a unique covenant with God, only one of only two nations in history to be in covenant with God. That's just flagrant error and heresy. Friends, this has been Freedom's Ring. As we close, friends, remember at Freedom's Ring, we don't just talk about religious freedom, we help workers suffering religious discrimination. So check out our legal resources page at churchstate, all one word, churchstate.org, churchstate.org. And don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed, get involved. Join the North American Religious Liberty Association, producer of Freedom's Ring, on the web at religiousliberty.info. And be sure to listen to Freedom's Ring on our SoundCloud radio station or on iTunes. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring.